Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Understand that we as a church, we've been contending for the Lord to have more places that he can move and manifest himself in our midst. And I believe that that tongue and that interpretation was one of those areas that we were trusting to God, that trusting the Lord that he would increase in that area. So I'm so thankful that, he, that he's faithful. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know if this is coming from my own spirit or if it's a word of knowledge, but there's more than one people here this morning and I'm assuming out there, is that you've embarked on believing God in a particular area of your life. And there's a lot of things that are coming against you pertaining to what you're seeing right now, and you're seeing a contrast between what you're seeing and what you're believing you have in Christ. The Lord is leading me to tell you to stay the course. Stay the course. For the promise that you've embraced is yours. And you don't walk by sight. You don't walk by how it feels. You don't walk by how it looks. You don't walk by what even others have said, including doctors. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. So he's encouraging you to continue to trust him. And as you're trusting him, make sure that you're following him. He he may have you make adjustments. Just like if you're a sailboat on that lake, you got to make constant adjustments to get to where you're going. Amen? And that's the way it is sometimes when you're believing God. Because you see a glimpse of what he has and you embrace it, but then you see more and that requires an adjustment follow him and you will see what you're believing for come to pass amen now if that was you just say in your heart thank you lord just say in your heart thank you lord amen how many of you got your bibles this morning i got one person hallelujah thank you ken for that it's like karen's got hers carolyn's got her bible maybe you've got a bible app let's go ahead and get them opened up this morning. Let's get into the Word of God. We want to say hello to those out there watching on the live stream. It's good to have you with us. And we believe the same presence, the same power, the same revelation that's going on in this house is happening wherever you may be or whenever you may watch this recording or listen to it by audio. So just believe that. Just because you're in a remote location and you're not here in person doesn't mean that God doesn't see you, know you, and able to touch you. (laughs) So grab a hold. Grab a hold with your faith. Amen. Now, this is kind of connected to what the Lord was saying last week. And 
How many of you know that life has its challenges? And I think some of the biggest challenges that we face are in the lives of our loved ones. Because we can't make decisions for them. And so many of us parents, many of us grandparents, many of us who are great grandparents, Lita, is it great, great now? How many greats are, are? You're the great, and she's the greater one. Greater is she that's sitting next to you. Hallelujah. Wow. I, I know that I've heard that before, but I just got reminded of it. That's, that's awesome. But you know what I'm saying. You have family members that are very close to your heart, very dear to your heart. And there's this, there's this overwhelming concern for them that what you're desiring for them and, and that which you are desiring for them is what God wants for them. But you're not seeing an outward change yet. And the devil loves to hammer us and say, look and see. Look and feel. You understand he is the God of this world. He's, he's the God of this seen realm. And so he uses that seen, seen realm to influence us. To endeavor to control us. But you, you're well taught in the word of God and you know that there's a whole lot more going on in the realm that you can't see than in the realm that you can see. And so this morning we're going to talk about staying the course in terms of believing for our loved ones because you have God's promise. He gave us our children as an inheritance and as a blessing. He also said if you train them up, they'd not depart from it. He also says through Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I know with all that I'm speaking to here this morning and out there, not one of us has a family that they're all serving the Lord with all their heart. And so we're going to stay the course, meaning that we're going to continue to trust God for his promise to be fulfilled in the lives of those that we love. Now, we have some, in particular some loved ones that have yet to receive Christ. And number one, I want to assure each one of us, because I'm in this same situation that you're in. We've got a, a very close loved one that, that has yet to receive Christ. I want us to know and I want us to hear it with our ears this morning that God hasn't given up on them. Yes. He hasn't given up. We could shout and go home and say we, got, we heard from God this morning if we left right there. God has not given up on them. Because he still sees how he sent Jesus to represent that person to be saved. And he's, he's still working. 
he's still working. And number two, it's not too late. See, sometimes we just set our mind, well, I did everything I could. We kind of throw our hands up. We kind of lose our, our uh, fervor and intensity to believe for them, to represent them before God. And the Lord says, I haven't given up on them, and you still have time. So we have to take advantage of the time we still have. Yes. Yes. Amen? Amen? Now, look here. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 3. And this is a truth that we have to embrace, that those that have yet to receive Christ... The gospel is hid from them. Do you see that in verse 3? It says that our gospel is hid. To whom? To those that are lost. Now, it wasn't too long ago that this was the situation in our lives. I had all sorts of knowledge about Jesus and the church and heaven and hell and, and all of that. But in the midst of that information I had, the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, was hidden from me. Well, who in the world did that? Who hid the gospel from us? Well, the next verse tells us. It says that the God of this world, now we just quoted that just a moment ago. Notice that he's the God of this world. He's the God of this physical realm. That's where he works. That's his playground. And he preys on our knowledge. He preys on our emotions. He preys on things that we see. And in that he hath done what? Blinded the mind. See, he's after our mind, the way we think, the way we view things, the way we perceive things with our mind, our intellect. Salvation comes when your mind begins to align itself with that heart desire that's already inside of you for Christ. He says he's blinded the minds of whom them which believe not And if he wouldn't do that, the light of the glorious gospel would shine upon them. So he's coming for that realm of thoughts. He's coming to, to, to give his thoughts that contradict what God has said. It'll have a little bit tainting of what God said, but it'll be just enough to throw them off where the light of truth can't penetrate them. So this morning, I want us to see that God knew this and has a plan for us to overcome it in the behalf of others. 
How many of you know that you can't tell God about something that's going on in your life and in your realm where he goes, wow, I didn't see it. Really? Is that happening? I didn't, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Huh, I missed that. Everything that we deal with, he's already seen it and has a way for us to overcome it. Even in the lives of others. We are the, the, the example of that. Every one of us had an influence in our life that caused this mind to open and to see Christ. Hallelujah. So we're just, we're just going to look at two areas that you and I can be implementing every day for our loved ones. Exercising faith in their behalf. Pushing back darkness from them so light can shine. And the Bible tells us that our loved ones have enough truth in them already to be saved because they've known the scriptures since a child and it's able to make them wise unto salvation. Before I was saved, I already had enough scripture in me to be saved. But what we're going to do is we're going to release that darkness from their mind and let light that's already in them and light that's going to come from the outside to them to be seen to the degree that they embrace it and they act upon it. Amen? So, fact number one, the devil, everybody say the devil, he has blinded the minds of our loved ones. Was he blinding them from the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. Now, we looked at this real quickly last week. Look again at 2 Corinthians. Where we, where we just were in verse 3. This verse 3 informs us that those that are lost are lost because it's, the gospel is being hid for them. And then it says that we have an adversary, the devil, who has implemented that blindness. So step number one is that we have to break that darkness over them. Did you hear what I just said? We are to break that darkness over them and to command that light to begin shining. I saw this in my own life. I was blinded from the truth of Jesus Christ. I, I knew about Jesus, but he was, to me, like George Washington. He was just a, a historical figure. I believed in him in terms of he, him existing and, and the things that he did, not a whole lot of what he said. And so in that terms, I, I, I thought I had a belief in him, yet no relationship with him. And then this small group, I emphasize small group, of believers got together in your mom and dad's kitchen and they began to pray for this slime ball that lived down the street from them and whom they were renting a, a, an apartment to. And they started praying for me. Yes. Well, they, started take, they had to start taking authority over darkness over me because in a two-week period, I just started to change some things in my life until I got to that point of decision of receiving Christ as my Savior. So check this out. Step number one, 
we've got to break the darkness over our loved ones. We've got to... We've got to imagine what it's like for them. It's like their head is in a cloud and they can't see truth. They can't see the love of God. They can't see what Jesus provided for them. So we have to take authority over that darkness. Look over in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. I, I can't spend a lot of time with this, but I, I, want, to, I want to cultivate a decision in you to get back if you're not already there, being consistently praying the word over our loved ones, over my loved ones, your loved ones. You hear what I'm saying? Because I feel like some have gotten faint and have given up. It's time to get back. I said it's time to get back. Look here. Now, Jesus in Luke 10, 1, he commissioned 70 disciples. And he gave them power. Well, this is the same power that you and I have been given when, when Jesus ascended on high. We see it over there in Mark 16. I, he says that in my name you shall have authority over devils. Well, this is the same authority he gave these, this 70. Now look what they say in verse 17. It says that the 70 returned to Jesus and they're all happy. They're filled with joy. And they said to the Lord, even the devils are subject unto us. Did you notice they didn't say, hey, the devils are subject unto God? Did you, did you see that? It says that the devils are subject unto who? You and me. The believing ones, those who are following Christ. Well, how in the world did, did a human being have power over the devil? Through thy name. Now, here's the little dirty secret that the devil doesn't tell us. Nowhere in the scripture does it tell the believer to ask God to do something about the devil. Did, did you hear me? No place. No place in Scripture does it tell us to go to God and ask him to do something about the devil in our life. No, the Bible tells us for the believer to resist the devil and the devil shall flee from them. Amen? Amen? So understand, because our loved ones are in a place where their mind is blind to the gospel. It's open to everything else that's in the world, but not to the gospel. They can't, they can't connect the dots of their need for a Savior. They don't see Jesus as God in flesh. They don't see him taking their place on the cross. They don't see that, that heaven and hell are a reality. There's not, it's not folklore. They, they, they think it's just something we, you know, dreamed up to try and control the masses. And so if you'll break that power of the devil over your loved one, you can allow enough light to come in so that they can see the goodness of God extended to us through Jesus Christ. Now, 
we're to use the name of Jesus and speak directly to that darkness that's influencing our, our loved ones and command those blind eyes to open so that they can see the truth. Now, I gave an example of, now you understand that this is not a prayer. This is using your authority and speaking to our enemy. Just like if a, a, a burglar would come into your house and you go to the family room and you see him trying to huff off a lot of your, you know, things you have in your room there, your valuables, your TVs. I don't know what's valuable these days. Probably your cell phone is the most valuable thing you own. Well, you're, you're, you're not going to, you're going to start talking to the burglar, aren't you? Huh? You're going to start talking to him. You're not going to wait for the police to show up. You're, you're going to talk to him or her or whoever's stealing your things that are yours. Well, that's the way we need to talk to the devil. I like to say it this way. We need to talk to the devil like we talk to the next door neighbor's dog. Our dog's really cute and he never, never does anything wrong. But the neighbor's dog? Huh? Remember the neighbor's dog got into your trash, knocked it over? Like a raccoon? You're not going to have anything nice to say to that dog except, Get! And that's how we need to talk to the devil. Now you understand that when you use that name in faith, then that devil has to flee. No ifs, no ends, no buts. Amen. Amen. And we need to get used to using that name when the devil comes around. Amen. Amen. Because he's the one that's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And if we can learn how to run him off, it's going to make a big change in our lives and in the lives of those around us. So this is what I compiled. And I can, I can give this to you. I can give you a copy of my sermon this morning. I'd be more than happy to do that. Just let me know. And I can either give you a hard copy or I can uh, email it to you or text it to you, and that goes for all you all out there in Streamland. You, you need anything from us. All you have to do is contact us with our email, bfc3982 at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to send this to you. Because obviously if you email to me, I'm just going to shoot it right back to you as a Word file to that email address. Amen? No charge. Hallelujah. We, we want you to have success in life. And we get that when we practice the word. So here's the example. Father in heaven, I thank you that you've given me authority on this earth. According to your word, the devil, along with the entire realm of darkness and his strategies, are subject unto me through the name of Jesus. Therefore, in the name of Jesus. Now, right now, I got my finger pointed in the nose of the devil. In the name of Jesus, I command you, devil to desist and stop in your strategies and maneuvers against my loved one, whoever that might be. You can put as many names there as you want. I command darkness to leave them now. I command blind eyes to be opened now in order to allow the glorious light of the gospel to shine upon my loved ones. 
I say my loved ones are now free from religious ideas, past experiences, and all other darkness that hindered them from receiving Christ. I say now that my loved one is now receptive, vulnerable, and attentive to hear the gospel and to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I claim their complete and total deliverance and salvation in Jesus' name. Now, you don't have to pray this exactly. You don't have to be so wordy. It's just, it's just an example that you can kind of get a feel for what you're doing. And we've got to get used to speaking to things. If you follow the ministry of Jesus, he did that a lot. He spoke to storms. He spoke to sicknesses. He spoke to the tree. And he used that authority that God had given him to do God's works on the earth. Well, you have the exact same anointing that God has. You have the same, you have the same ability to do what Jesus did in his name. Because when you use his name, it's as if Jesus himself is now talking to the devil. Amen. Now let's go on. So we've loosed them from darkness. Step number two, or fact number two, a preacher. Everybody say a preacher. Now when you hear this word preacher, your mind naturally goes to somebody standing behind a pulpit. That's not what preacher means in scripture. It means someone who is just proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's every one of us. Because he told us all to go into all the world. And do what? Preach. So we're all preachers. We're all pro proclaimers of Jesus Christ and what he's done. So don't think that this is something reserved for someone that wears fancy clothes and has a bunch of letters after their name. And yada, yada, yada. Amen. He's talking about every one of us, believers. Hallelujah. Now check this out. In Romans 10, 15, and this is why this is fact number two, Romans 10, 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? D did you see that? How shall they preach except they be sent? Now, you see, our loved ones need a preacher. Our loved ones need a preacher. You see, nobody can believe beyond their actual knowledge. There has to be someone to preach to give them the word in order for them to have the knowledge of the word. That's why we're told to go into all the world and do what? Tell them the word of God. So now they can believe, because they, if they don't, haven't heard, they can't believe. Yes. Now, most of our loved ones have already heard, but they need to hear again. Because what they heard before was blinded to them, and they didn't really get what it meant. So it says that how shall they preach except they be sent and how shall they hear without a preacher 
So step number two is that we have to send a preacher to our loved ones. Now you guys already know this because you've experienced this. You and I, we're not the ones that need to be sent to them. Because you already have a relationship with them. And you're not a messenger from God. You're either mommy or daddy. Or your aunt or your uncle. Or you're this or you're that. And they're not going to listen to us. Didn't, didn't Jesus say a prophet has no honor in his hometown? Well, what? There was a pecking order. They didn't see Jesus as the Christ. They saw him as a carpenter's son. And that's how your relatives see you. They see you in the natural. They see you as a human being. They don't see you with a, a, a one coming to them as a, as a messenger from God. So we have to understand that and, and not get frustrated if they won't listen to us. How long ago was it when we weren't listening to our parents and to our relatives who were trying to help us? We just blew them off. Right? Don't forget, all this stuff that we're doing for them, we've already been through it. Yeah. We're, in fact, we're the poster children of what, you know. <laughs> Amen. At least me. I, I, yeah. So, there's a lengthy uh, portion of Scripture here that I'm going to condense right now. Jesus said in verse 37... Of Matthew 9. So I've chopped off a couple of verses, Vince. Just go right to Matthew 9, 37. Now Jesus had just been praying over the city, and it says he was moved with compassion because he saw these people didn't have a shepherd. They were, they were just scattered. They were unsaved. They were lost. They were just chasing their tails. And Jesus says in verse 37, he said unto his disciples that harvest truly is what? Plenteous. So what's the problem? We don't have enough laborers for how big the harvest is. So what's the solution? If the harvest is great and the laborers are few, what's the solution? Verse 38, pray. Amen. Has it come to that? We have to pray? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's come to that. Amen? Now, look at this. This is fascinating. Pray, therefore, to the Lord of the harvest. That's the daddy God. That's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that scripture calls him the Lord of the harvest. Well, if he's the Lord of the harvest, why don't he send laborers? And that's how a lot of us think. Well, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. That's not true in this case particularly. See, that's a high thought that's exalting itself above the word of God. That's a blinded mind that thinks like that. Amen. Now check this out. 
pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers. And then it says, into his harvest. Do you know that your loved one, my loved one, that's God's harvest. But he needs our cooperation. You see, God can't do anything independently from man on earth. Because he gave us the stewardship of it. And so he needs permission. So even though it's his harvest, even though he is the Lord of that harvest, he is waiting for us to send laborers into his harvest. That's why the laborers are for you, because we're waiting for God to do something. Everybody say, oh, me. Look at verse 38 again. Bruce, you need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers to your loved one. Why does a laborer need to be sent to them? Because they can't hear without a preacher. And if they don't hear, they don't have the knowledge of God's will and they don't have the faith to receive their salvation. Actually, what a preacher does is he's sowing seed. And in this case, he's sowing seeds of salvation. And every seed will produce after its own kind. Now, I'm I'm emphasizing this again. God cannot do what we want him to do in terms of sending a labor unless we ask him to do it. I wrote this down. I'll read it just so we catch somebody out there that needs to hear this. Now, some have said, you know, why do I have to ask God to do something he already wills to do? Because I thought God was all-powerful and he can do whatever he wants to. Well, yes, God is all-powerful, but he's also just and righteous. In the light of his character, God can't do anything outside of what he said in his word. And in his word, he said, you send, you pray and ask for the laborers so that I can send them. You see, he can't violate his word and do whatever he wants. He's got to do everything decently and in order. So, so you want to hear an example? I don't, I'm not sure I got one. Uh, did I get my wife? Good, I got her. I don't need anyone else. I got, I got Mare. I got the princess. We're good. And again, if you want this handout, obviously it's available to you. Here's the example of asking the Lord to send laborers to our loved ones. Father in heaven, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. You are the Lord of the harvest, yet you have instructed me in your word to ask you to send laborers into your field. I ask you to send laborers to my loved one in order that the word of salvation would be preached to them. Send those that my loved one will respect and will become vulnerable to in order for the door of their heart to be opened. I ask that my loved one will be convicted of sin and understand their need for the Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's it in a nutshell. See, the Lord knows who your loved one will respond to. That's why we're asking him to send them. 
because there's there's only a certain amount of people that our loved ones will even listen to. Yeah. Once they hear, they hear the sure. the name Jesus, they're out. But God will send the one that can get in there. Cause them to be curious. Cause them to be halfway open to hear something. Maybe even develop a little bit of a relationship. Could be somebody at work. Could be a neighbor. Could be an old friend. They just happen to bump into each other. Wow, what a coinky-dinky. Remember, God's orchestrating all these things. There are no coincidences. Hallelujah. And I think that that's all we're going to look at this morning. I think that's probably enough, huh? Now remember, we're not frustrated about our loved ones. We don't want to go slap them in the back backside of the head and say, get it together. But understand that in order for this to work, your faith has to be in a, in a level to work. And the Bible tells us that faith works by love. So can I talk to myself here for just a moment? That means if I'm praying for this loved one and I'm believing God that light's coming to them and I'm believing that God's sending laborers to them, I got to be careful of how I talk about that person Amen. now. Come on. That's good. Do that. Like it's not going to help for me to say, man. He's, he's dumb as a fence post. I can't believe that he, he can't get his act together. How I many know that that's not making my speaking over the devil of effectual and my faith to have a laborer come to them? And I certainly can't get into their presence and start getting in their face about how their life is all twisted and wrong. You see, you, you can't Use faith and love in one side and then keep on doing what you're doing over here in the flesh. And we've got to get, we've got to get our act together. God's working on something here and my words have to coincide with what I believe is happening, even though I can't see it happening. Amen? So Father, we thank you that your love for our loved ones is even greater than our own love for them. That you sent your son, your only son, to represent that person, that loved one of ours. And there, Jesus died for them. And so, God, you have a greater investment in their salvation than any other person on this ball of dirt. Help us to see our role in seeing you fulfill this promise to them to be saved. Help us to stop being that boat anchor. And that one that's always 
speaking negatively and always talking about what we see and what we feel about this person. And help us to, 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 to see your plan. Your plan to use us to set them free from darkness. Your plan to where we can ask you to send laborers. And then trust you enough to believe that you're at work. Because you stand over your word to perform it. Help us to turn this around, Lord. Help us to use this great love for this individual to be used according to the word of God that you can have your way and that your plan will be consummated in their lives. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, the Lord helped me this morning. I trust he helped you. You know, we all have to deal with these things. Right? Right? And so, let's just implement his plan and let's see these loved ones come one by one to the Lord. To him be the glory. Hey, we love you. We'll see you next time.